Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 15th of February, 2023. It's Jason Mertides. I hope everybody's having a good day thus far. If you got a lot of day in front of you, I hope it's a great one. Um, Today on this episode, we're going to get to some Twitter Flyers questions, a couple of uh, DMs as well. And the Flyers will be back tomorrow. They're going to kick off this four-game road trip with a game tomorrow night against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, that'll be a 10 o'clock game, so it'll be late-night hockey, Flyers after dark, both tomorrow night and on Saturday night. That's a 10 o'clock in Vancouver. A Monday, it's a 4 o'clock game for President's Day in Calgary, and then back-to-back to wrap up the four-game trip with the Edmonton Oilers at 9 o'clock uh, on Tuesday. Now, when the team returns tomorrow night, one very key point of emphasis is Travis Konechny. He's now gone eight games without a point. The last time TK had a point was in that Flyers game at Detroit. He had an assist in that game. So the eight games, eight games, zero goals, zero assists. He's been a minus four in that period of time. He's got 19 shots on goal. He needs to get more shots on goal. And uh, he's averaging uh, just over 20 minutes of ice time a game at 20 minutes and 28 seconds. We know he's killing penalties. We know he's an all-situations player. He's created some good scoring chances, as Torts called it, almost offense, where it didn't get finished at the end uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, But TK has got to get it going once again for this team because even though they scored three goals in that last game of the homestand, you know, the other games, one goal in regulation. They win one of them because they win it in a shootout, two to one, but one goal in regulation, and he's got to be a catalyst for them going forward. He's going now 13 games without a goal. The last time he scored, he had a hat trick. That was back on the 11th of January. So that's one of the key components going into Thursday and this road trip to get him going once again. I know before this 13-game goal, um, goal drought, his shooting percentage was around, I think, 19.7, 19.8, close to 20%, which is an absurd number. That's a really high number. That was not sustainable uh, for Travis Konechny. So it was bound to come down at some point. Very rarely can you get through an entire season with a shooting percentage that high. His percentage now is 15.5%. And last year when he struggled to score, he had 16 goals in 79 games. It was only 7.3%. But for his career, he's a 12.1% shooter. He's had as high as 17 for an entire season. That was the 2019-20 season, although shortened. He played 66 games that year. Uh, But he was never going to be able to sustain it up there in that high teens and nipping at 20 Uh, That's just very difficult to do. So he's going to be a big storyline going forward for this Flyers team. But let's get to some Twitter questions. We have not done Twitter questions in a while. We'll get to a couple DMs as well. And our first question comes from FlyersFan39. He's got actually four questions here. He says, has Risto improved enough to justify the price tag? Would Coots coming back in help or hurt at this stage of the season, considering the team is clicking and he wouldn't be 100%? Then he says, is JVR, Frost, or Provy getting shipped out? Kate's here for the long haul. So let's take them one by one. Risto improved enough to justify the price tag. Since Risto was scratched early in the season, he's been very good. Bradshaw's done a really good job getting Risto, and Risto's done a good job, getting Risto to play inside the dots, not chase plays, not go out of your way to a position where you take yourself out of a play and out of position to make the big hit. He's been much more conservative in his decision-making, Risto has, and it's got him playing inside the dots a lot more. He's been very good. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to comment on the price tag because whether 
you're a, a, a staunch believer in analytics or you're not, you weigh him differently. He's a very polarizing player because of his past analytics, but his analytics since being scratched earlier this season are pretty darn good. So he, he's playing well, and you want to see him finish out the year that way, continue to build on it next year, and be a guy that can come in and be a really good defender and also add the elements that he brings of toughness and, you know, that that notion that there's accountability on the ice. And when he's out there, you have to know where he is because he could tag you at any given time. Your second question, would Coots coming back in help or hurt the team at this stage of the season, considering the team is clicking and wouldn't be 100%, 100%? I think it's paramount he comes back. It's not about helping the team this year for me. This year is not about making, you know, getting the best record you can. It's about finding out information. I mean, I think one of those key pieces of information is can Couturier come back if he's fully healthy and cleared and goes through the necessary, you know, workouts to get there, cleared for practice, cleared for contact, cleared to play. I think it's paramount that he plays because you want to see him come back and see if his body can handle it, not have a setback, and go into the offseason with that knowledge. I mean, he's such an important player. And as a center, I don't know how you can go through a summer where he hasn't played since December of 21 if he's cleared to just shut him down and not try and find out that information. So I think that's really important for him to come back. And as far as helping or hurting the team, I mean, they're going to trade guys at the deadline. And in theory, that hurts the team this year. But it's not about this year. And your next question, JVR, Frost, or Provy getting shipped out? Um, I think JVR obviously is one that's very likely because he's in the final year of a contract. Uh, Frost and Provorov, I doubt it. If Provorov were to be moved, I think it's an off-season type move because there's significant term there, and that's generally not a move that'll happen in season. Plus, you want to get as many teams involved in a, in a trade of that magnitude as possible, not just buyers. And uh, Frost, no, Frost is playing well. He needs to continue playing well, but I think that Morgan's a player that you know they have a lot invested in, and He's gotten better defensively. He's gotten better away from the puck, and he's gotten more confident with the puck. So, no, I don't think uh, Provy or Frost are going to be shipped out uh, at the deadline. And then Cates here for the long haul. Abs- I mean, I think absolutely no Cates is. Um, coaches love him. He's a very good hockey player. He's not a guy that's going to wow you, uh, but he's the kind of player you need to win. So, yeah, I think he's here. He's very responsible on the ice. Thanks for the question. Let's go to Logan G. You said, how important is this four-game road trip in determining trade deadline pieces slash prices? Well, I don't think that no matter what happens on this trip, whether they go 4-0 or 0-4, that's going to affect the mentality of moving forward with being a seller and not a buyer. So I think that's determined. I mean, I had John Tortorella on the podcast back on December 23rd. And we were doing a Hockey and Hound segment. And the first question I asked him was about this situation this season with the Flyers and how it's differed from other situations he's been in. Because usually when a new coach comes in, the team did not perform well. So there's some sort of process to re-elevate the team. And Torts used the word rebuild. So here was Torts, and I asked him about comparing this situation and how it's different from past situations. And building a team, creating a standard, and moving forward in the right direction. It's basically the same kind of mindset you're in. And uh, I, I can't – and it's a very important part for the coaching staff. We can't 
overshoot. We can't expect more than, than we think they can handle. It doesn't mean we don't hold them accountable, but I think you can do some damage to building a foundation of a team if you want it too quickly, when you just, you're just not ready to go there. And I've made mistakes that way with individuals and with teams is you want it so badly, you forget about and you miss some steps. And that's when you start you, you start spinning your wheels in the mud. And we're, we're rebuilding here. We, we, and it's from the ground floor. And uh, we need to build it the proper way without skipping steps. Tort says there, we're in a rebuild. You can't skip steps. I use the term all the time. You can't microwave a development of a player. You can't microwave, you know, reallocating your roster, rebuilding your roster, retooling your roster, any of those things. That was maybe the first time we heard a Flyers, somebody that works for the team in hockey operations, use that word. We've heard retool, obviously. We heard aggressive retool. Uh, but Tort said, we're rebuilding here and was pretty pretty plain and simple about it. Um, Chris tweets in and says, you can remove one NHL rule. What do you remove and why? It can be an on-ice rule, offside, for example, or a league rule, waivers, for example. So I can remove one rule. Can I, maybe I get one of each. I'll get one on-ice rule and one league rule. Um, I won't get rid of the waivers. I'm fine with that. I think that's an interesting thing that teams have to pass. Play, certain players in certain situations have to pass through waivers. Um, if I'm getting the league rule that I'm going to do is going to be I'm going to create a soft cap. The hard cap, especially in this flat cap world, has really prevented player movement. The NBA's got a soft cap. Major League Baseball has a luxury tax. And the NFL doesn't have guaranteed contracts. And the hard cap in the NHL really prevents player movement. And player movement of big names is exciting. And exciting news that comes out is also marketing. So I would create that rule from the league perspective that come up with a soft cap that you can go over, you can pay a tax or figure out some way of doing it. Uh, but I would like to see the hard cap removed. I don't think it'll happen. Gary Bettman is dead set against it, which means the owners are. But I would like to see that rule change. And as for on-ice rule, I mean, is it too easy just to say, get rid of the three-on-three three in the shootout? Probably. But I, you guys know I hate both of them. But if I'm looking for an on-ice rule, I would probably say that when you come down through the stick of a player, if that stick goes flying in the air, if you come from low to high, or if you play through a guy's hands and he drops his stick or his stick breaks, then why is that automatically a penalty? If it's a slash, call it a slash. But just because a player is not holding their stick tight enough, come on. I mean, everybody that played this game, when you first get on the ice and you're skating around and starting to get loose, you always slash a stick out of a guy's hand when he's got one hand on it. You say, two hands on the stick. Get a grip on your stick. I think that's a silly rule. Also in contention, perhaps the rule of flipping the puck over the glass. If you shoot it and it goes over the glass, that's a penalty. But if it, if you bat it out of the air, I don't know that that should be a penalty. All right, let's get to a DM here. And this comes from Dave uh, on Twitter. He said, question regarding the offseason. We've heard multiple times from management that the team is in a, quote, retool rather than a rebuild, which we just talked about. He said, this team which is without two of their best forwards, is still hovering around Hockey 500 to the credit of Torts, 
And if the goal is to retool the team, I could see management using the moderate success of this season as a justification to make moves in the summer. Knowing that they'll have to replace some players, realistically, what pieces could they bring in during the offseason? Thanks for all you do, Dave. Thanks for the note, Dave. Well, as far as what's going to be available in the offseason, we just don't know yet. And the other thing we don't know is what the cap's going to do. Gary Bettman, on a couple of occasions this year, indicated that the cap could go up much more than people thought. Then he kind of walked those comments back a little bit at All-Star. So, what? A, what's the cap going to do? That's a big question. So, a lot of teams are cap-strapped. So, trading and hockey trades, that's affected there. Free agent signings, that's obviously affected there. The price of or the, the worth of prospects and picks is at an all-time high because of that variability in the flat cap and because you have a draft this year in 2023 that is considered excellent. So there's some elements there that don't paint a very clear picture at this time. But what could they do? Well, we got to find out, first of all, is Couturier going to come back and be sustainable? What is he going to be when he comes back? Is he going to be 80% of the fully healthy Sean Couturier that had a couple of 76-point seasons in a row? Or is he going to be a player that doesn't produce as much offensively? Can he handle the workload of being a shutdown center, also a top power play guy, and the team's top penalty killer? So you got to look at all of those things. So, I mean, if Dylan Larkin makes it to free agency, I don't know that he will. I'd say it's a better chance that he extends in Detroit than makes it to free agency. That will play a part in it. And then, obviously, when they make the decisions at the end of the year, on certain players and who's a part of this and who's not, you got to see how they're able to move on from those players and what kind of holes they create. So it's a really hard question to answer right now. I know they're 55 games into the season, but we don't have final answers on those things just yet. So we got to see what's available free agency, what's going to be available via trade as teams look to reset their roster. Where are you drafting in this 2023 draft? and much more. There's a lot of elements to that equation. So sorry, Dave, I can't give you a better answer now, but that's one that we should absolutely revisit when we do have more of the answers. Uh, but we should revisit tomorrow for another brand new episode. We'll preview Flyers Kraken tomorrow on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily, and uh, we'll get you pumped up for that one. It's not technically a home and home because the Kraken have played uh, a game last night in between the Flyer game at Wells Fargo Center on Sunday and the game coming up tomorrow night. So join us tomorrow on a brand new episode of Flyers Day.